Three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino, and my guest today, I'm excited, is a sales keynote speaker where he shows companies, sales teams, how to turn mundane case studies into compelling case stories so they win more new business. From his award-winning career at Condé Nest, he shares the lessons he learned that turns sales teams into revenue rock stars. His TEDx talk, Be the Lifeguard of Your Own Life, has over 1 million views. He has been interviewed by Larry King and appeared on TV as an expert on how to ask for what you want and get a yes. He's currently living in Austin with Pepe, his King Charles Spaniel, who reminds him every day of the importance of belly rubs. Welcome, everybody. John Livesey. Hello. Thanks for having me, Simon. So excited to have you here. Everybody is excited. And what are you currently creating? Ah, I am currently creating an enhanced platform for all of my students who've taken my online course, Better Selling Through Storytelling, where the sale is in the tail, T-A-L-E. Um, instead of it just being a basic private Facebook group, we are now creating a platform where they can get feedback and ask questions on each individual module. They can, uh, there'll be a book recommendation every week, a podcast to listen to every week. And just a much more robust way to engage with me and get my help on their storytelling. Beautiful. And how did you get on Larry King? <laughs> well, there's a story there, no surprise. Um, he was co-hosting a show called Breakfast with Larry with a gentleman named Cal Fussman. And I got introduced to Cal Fussman by someone named Mark Golson, who you might know from being in our metal group. And um, Cal used to be a journalist for Esquire and interviewed all kinds of famous people like Gorbachev. And um, he said, you know, I have to reinvent myself now as a journalist and learn how to sell myself as a speaker. And I don't really know how to do it. And I said, Cal, you're a great journalist. You know how to ask great questions. I can help you figure out how to sell yourself through your storytelling. And he was so happy with that. He then said, oh, I want to invite you to be on the show with Larry King. And that was beyond any of my wildest dreams. And um, I was, we literally had breakfast at a deli and then um, Larry's car and driver picks us up and we go to his studio and Cal and Larry are in the back and I'm sitting up front with the driver who's adjusting the temperature and the volume of the radio and everything just to Mr. King's desires. And um, Cal trying to include me in the conversation because they were listening to a, a baseball game and they said, oh, are you into sports? And Simon, I had this moment where I said, I've got to tell the truth. And I said, not really. I majored in advertising and we used to joke that we watched the Super Bowl for the commercials and not the game. And they laughed. And then when Larry was interviewing me, he said, John, how important is it to be authentic when you tell a story? And I said, it's everything, Larry. For example, if you're not into sports and someone asks you if you are, don't fake it. And he, then we really bonded and the interview was great. He's my, my old time hero. And there are different philosophies when, when you're a podcaster. Like, mm. and as a guest every day, like I have. So there is mm. the philosophy where you prepare maximum preparation and yeah. you overwhelm with that. And then yeah. there is the Larry King philosophy on the other side, which is you come blank and curious and, and you work in the moment. 
Yes. Uh, you don't prepare at all. And, uh, <laughs> and this is this is my philosophy. I don't prepare. In your case, we we know each other, we like each other, and I'm a super fan of yours. And whenever you you do your stuff in our community, people have better pitches, better sales, and they love you. Hmm. Uh, how do you do that? What's the method? Well, just to circle back, I prepared big time. Even though Larry himself, he's done over 60,000 interviews by the time he interviewed me. Um, so at that point, you've sort of mastered things. But I did some research on Larry, and I found out he does not like small talk. And I read on how he got his big break and his memoir that was excerpted in Vanity Fair. So I asked him about that. So I found being prepared helped calm my nerves being in front of such an icon like that and allowed us to have a really great interview. So I'm a big proponent of preparing. I think my guests, uh, or when I talk to clients, uh, potential clients, the more I know about them and the more I can reference specific things that they feel like, oh, you took the time to, to learn something uh, about me. Um, but my your question was, how did I learn how to help people with their stories? Yeah, what's your magic? <laughs> well, I had, a career that kind of prepared me for this, Simon. Uh, in my 20s, I was selling multi-million dollar mainframe computers against IBM, and that really honed my selling skills up against a big company like that. And then I worked for an ad agency convincing studios to let us create the commercials when the movies were coming out on home video. And that really honed my storytelling skills because if a movie hadn't done well theatrically, the editors could reposition the movie and make it appealing for people to go want to rent or buy it. So you could take a two hour movie and you know get it down to a 30 second commercial and you could see, wow, it all depends on how you look at something, what part of the story you want to tell. And then when I was selling advertising for Condé Nast, Lexus would say, listen, um, we've looked at 50 magazines. We've narrowed it down to 10. We're gonna invite you all to come in and pitch back to back. And we're going to pick three. Do not come in and talk about numbers. We've already analyzed that. Tell us a story about the magazine or the marketing idea you have. And I realized that's really the secret is whoever tells the best story gets the sale. So all of that multiple multi-career experience from competing against a big tech company to learning how to tell great stories from commercials, from movies to having to do it myself has allowed me um, to put in the time to be able to have that skill where I can help somebody uh, fix their elevator pitch, for example, or more importantly, tell the story that's going to make somebody want to buy what they're selling versus their competitors. And how did you get the name Pitch Whisperer? <laughs> well, um, I was being interviewed by Anthem Insurance to come and speak to their team. And they said, uh, you know, this is a team of MBA, an audience of MBAs and nurses, and they don't really think of themselves as salespeople, but we need them to start. And I said, well, what if we ask them to start thinking of themselves as storytellers? They said, oh, we like that. And then I asked um, one of my favorite questions, which is, what else is going to happen if I'm selected to be your speaker for the rest of the two days? Oh, at the end, we're going to have an improv session and people are going to shout out objections from the audience and people will be on stage role playing, being the doctor and people from Anthem and we'll help them practice that. And I said, oh, what if I stayed and would stay on stage and could whisper in somebody's ear if they got stuck, something from my talk to keep everything going. And they loved that idea. And that's what allowed me to get hired. And you know, people were said, that was so amazing. I wish you could be in my ear all the time. And I told that story to a reporter at Inc. Magazine. And she said, 
wow, you're the pitch whisperer. And that's Literally. where Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Everybody needs a pitch whisperer. I, I met you in 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 a in a circle in in Los Angeles where then uh, you had a show and I, I was so in love with the show you came into our community uh, and uh, you you made three hot seats in just one hour three hot seats of advanced people uh, advanced business people but you turned their their story from a story into a powerful weapon and they until today they say hey when is john coming again that was amazing uh, what's what's the how do you do that well um the big mistake people make when someone says hey what do you do it's like many people oh it's an invitation for a 10 minute monologue and it's not or they just say i'm a doctor i'm a lawyer i'm a coach i'm a consultant they start talking about themselves and so what i've done is i've crafted a five-step process that makes it very conversational and you start talking about who you help and what problem you solve for them before you say anything about yourself. And that allows people to clearly understand what you're saying. And even if they don't need what you're saying, they can remember it enough to send you referrals. And it's amazing. I thought I have an okay pitch because I, I am, I, I, I'm using it all the time. So mm. it's, it's kind of refined. And then, you got my pitch and you sent it back to me and said, Simon, here, here are some ideas how you can improve it. And it was much better. Oh, so it, it works even with advanced um, pitches. Yeah. And your thing is, hey, what's the story? Yeah. Right? Not a case study, a case story. What's the difference? Well, when um, you get, like as a speaker, typically they'll find me either through my speaking agent or they find me on SEO or they watch some of my videos and then they gets down to between me and one or two other speakers. And many entrepreneurs have the same experience. Clients will shop around and they're like, okay, you're in the final two or three. You have a chance to present. Tell us why we should pick you. That's the time for a case story. But most people will say, oh, I'm going to tell you a case study, which even the word study has facts and figures in it like school. And they're like, well, you know, we worked with this client and they, we took them from this revenue to that revenue. And it's just a bunch of information and facts and figures and people buy emotionally and then back it up with logic. So I take that data, that testimonial, the information of who you've helped and turn it into a story. And the secret is Simon, I make it so that people see themselves in the story. And we start describing what it feels like to be frustrated or overwhelmed or whatever the pain points are. Um, that allowed made them want to make a change and a really good story that the stakes are very high. If the stakes aren't high, if the problem gets solved or not, nobody really pays attention. But when you put a little bit of description as to what's at stake here, then people lean in and want to know what happened. And then, of course, they say, oh, that sounds like exactly where I am right now. I want to go on that journey with you. What do you do if somebody starts with you and their pitch is so bad? that you, you, you cannot even start with anything. <laughs> well, I typically work with people who've got some success and traction. You know, at Disneyland, there's a sign that says you have to be this tall to ride the ride. Um, I tell people you kind of have to be, ha have some proof of concept going. You know, if you're a coach, you're selling a program for $2,500 or $5,000 already, and you just um, are trying to figure out how to close more of those sales, 
because you don't know what you're doing that's causing people to say yes or no. You're just sort of hoping that if you talk to enough people, you'll get a yes. But there are some skills and techniques of storytelling that will allow you to improve that ratio. So I think by the time I get to most people, they have the contents of a good story. And when I teach them the structure of it and they're coachable, nine times out of 10, it'll get better. I learned a powerful thing from you about PR. And really, before that, I didn't know what PR is. And after that, I, I got what PR is. You, you told me, Simon, yeah, yeah, wonderful, but boom. And then you dropped one line, and this one line was what would get me on TV, on radio, etc. So can you explain a little bit what is the, the essence of PR? How do we write? Well, the whole purpose of getting public relations, getting um, interviewed on television, getting a magazine to write about you is social proof. It builds trust, which is what we have to start with when we are engaging with people. And they figured, well, if you've been vetted and Fortune Magazine or Inc. Magazine or Larry King interviewed you, you must be the real deal. So that's the purpose for getting it. So I think when we reverse engineer it and say, why do I even want this? And realize that's the goal. Then I work with people, again, with what their story is on what is it that makes your soundbite, the one little phrase that's going to grab the attention of a journalist to say, oh, that would make an interesting interview and give value to the either the viewers or the listeners or people reading um, the article. And so you have to put yourself in the position of the journalist and figure out what's something they haven't heard before, a way of saying it. In my case, I talk about going from invisible to irresistible. And the soundbite that got me interviewed by Fortune and Inc. was, are you stuck at the friend zone at work? That intrigues people. Our brain goes, wait a minute. I know what being stuck at the friend zone in dating is, except maybe you, Simon, you never had that problem. But most of us mortals have been in the friend zone at work or in dating. But when you say, are you stuck at the friend zone at work? It makes you look at, it breaks through the clutter because it's something you haven't heard before, most likely. And then they wanted to know three ways to tell that you're in it and three ways to get out of it. So once I help people figure out what is that hook, that sound bite, that one sentence that's going to grab someone's attention to want to ha have a conversation with you and interview you, then again, the storytelling propels your career and your credibility. Wow. Now, many people are thinking, hey, how can I use storytelling on my website? Yes. Well, uh, let's start with the about page. Most people have an about tab on their website describing who they are. And that's the perfect place to tell your story, your own story of origin. Because when you tell a story of origin and take people on a journey of who you are and where you got to, you're answering one of the unspoken questions that everybody has before they hire you or buy from you, which is, why you? Why should I pick you? What makes you different? And that's one place for it. And then instead of just a basic testimonial page, you put the case stories. So there's lots of places for storytelling to make your website really stand out. I love it. And a case story, uh, unless unless we want to be very long, how can we make it short enough that it's on a website, but long enough to have that emotional arc? Yes. It doesn't need to be um, this paragraph after paragraph. It can be very short and concise. For example, when I was working with uh, 
uh, Olympus Medical, a healthcare tech company, um, they were just saying, oh, our equipment makes the surgeries go 30% faster. That was what was on their website and what the salespeople were saying. But that's a left brain fact pushing speed and feed thing and people buy emotionally. So I asked them some questions and now this case story is, imagine how happy Dr. Higgins was six months ago down at Long Beach Memorial using our equipment and he could go out to the patient's family in the waiting room an hour earlier than expected and put them out of their waiting misery. And if you've ever waited for someone you love to come out of surgery, you know every minute feels like an hour. And he came out and said, good news. The surgery shows they don't have cancer. They're going to be fine. And then turned to the rep and said, that's why I became a doctor for moments like this. Now that rep tells that story to another doctor at another hospital who sees themselves in the story and says, you know what? That's why I became a doctor. I want your equipment too. You got me at imagine how happy Darada is. You got me already because that. I, I, I feel just I, with this person and I can immediately uh, identify. So now you have just felt people, uh, the magic of the pitch whisperer, John. <laughs> well, Olympus said, wow, that gives us chills. Not only are we not telling stories, it never occurred to us to make the patient's family in the waiting room a character in the story. So that's really what I love doing is helping people figure out what the right characters are to put in their story. And you'll see that that story pulls you in with, even if, you know, you haven't waited for somebody to come out of surgery, you can imagine or probably know somebody who did. And so all of that's tugging at the heartstrings to get you to be willing to open the purse strings. And when you tell a story, you're not the hero, neither is your product. The cl client, in this case, the doctor is the hero. And people see themselves in that story going, I want that feeling too. Man, right now I'm thinking, how boring is my website? Numbers, 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 results, results. We, we have to work on that, my friend. Yes. And uh, I'm curious, what are you currently excited about in, in your field? I think one of the things that I'm most excited about is that when I worked with Olympus, the whole goal was to help them win new business. But now they've taken all 200 case stories that I helped their team with uh, through my course and talk and put it on a repository map. And so now people in three separate divisions that have previously been siloed can access each other's stories and make introductions. So the case stories are breaking down silos, which means that company can now get new business without having to start from scratch every time. But the reason the salespeople weren't making introductions was they didn't know the other people's stories. So that's a huge game changer for clients who work with me is not only winning new business, but breaking down silos because every company is siloed, whether it's an insurance company, a law firm, you name it. They just don't know what the other par part of the company is doing. And once those stories are shared and told, it allows them to grow their business from existing clients to use other parts of the company. You are right now super booked as a speaker in a time where it's hard to be booked as a speaker because everything is online. Mm. How, how do you navigate that field? Well, this becomes an interesting part of a decision for all the entrepreneurs out there. You know, no one asks me, you know, hey, can you give a virtual talk that's not just a typical Zoom talk? Can you, can you wow us with something that makes it more entertaining? And so I decided to learn how to use Ecamm 
and ecam is a tool on an apple computer so when i'm talking about people getting nervous and getting butterflies in their stomach i now can have butterflies literally fly across my screen and i decided to take that on as a a way to keep virtual talks engaging and entertaining so the people leaning in and they're not bored or distracted so it's up to us no matter when we get thrown a curveball like oh live events aren't happening it's going to be virtual what are we going to do to up our game even before somebody asks us to to keep us at the cutting edge that's beautiful three books that inspired you uh deal storming by tim sanders a great book on collaboration um risk forward by victoria labam about going taking risks with even if you don't feel like you're ready and deep kindness by houston craft wow three books that were never uh, were never uh, recommended in 300 episodes i love it great what is one thing you recently changed your mind about <clears throat> Oh, let's see. Um, I think the one thing that I've changed my mind about is that just because I don't learn something right away doesn't mean I can never learn it. And so I've become a little more patient with myself, especially when it comes to technology. <laughs> And uh, who should not work with you? Well, anybody, A, who's not coachable, or B doesn't have a business that's already generating re revenue as far as hiring me as the taking my course. And then the same thing is true for companies. Uh, if a company has a group of salespeople that aren't willing to learn a new skill, in this case, storytelling, and they don't think they need to change or grow, then that's probably not a fit either. Examples of one of your clients and and what were the hardest part to really improve and how you did it well uh gensler one of the world's the world's largest architecture firm uh i've spoken to them many times in multiple countries um they had a big challenge where they were up for renovating the pittsburgh airport and whoever won simon was going to get over a billion dollars that's how big the sale was And the client told them and the other two firms, we're going to hire the firm we like the most because it's a six-year project. You could all do the work. And for Gensler, they're not used to that as being a criteria. And they said, we just show our designs and hope that's enough to win the business. So they flew me out to Pittsburgh to work with the team for two days before they went in for that one-hour presentation. And I worked with them on the team slide because typically – on a team slide there's pictures of who's on the team but there was no story they were like i've been here five years this is what i do i go no 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 bob what made you become an architect oh i was 11 years old i play with legos now i have a son that's 11 i still play with legos great sue where were you before here i was in the israeli army okay since you're in charge of making sure this thing comes on time and under budget if they pick gensler you have the perfect background so that's how i was able to help their likability factor Because when people know a little bit about you, your story, they feel like they've connected with you as a person. Would that also work with boring uh, jobs like, I don't know, accountants, lawyers? Sure. Because there's, there's some, if the person has a passion for why they're doing what they're doing and believes in it, then there's a way to pull that out. And especially in professional services where a lot of it's seen as a commodity, 
you all kind of do the same thing and you have a story and your competitors don't, that's always going to make you stand out. Mm, that's powerful. And uh, did it also sometimes not work? I'm trying to think of a situation, you know, sometimes people are resistant to being vulnerable. And when you tell a story, especially if you tell a story of when you didn't have it all together, um, you the, the big aha for me myself even was your mess is your message. And so when you let people in and say, you know, I struggled with this, but now I've got it mastered and that you always haven't been this confident or always this successful, <clears throat> it makes you more human. And so sometimes people resist that. They have a belief that, uh, no, 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 I, I have to come across perfect or nobody wants to work with me. And the opposite is true. Your mess is your message. I want a t-shirt with that on. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. And it's liberating. We don't have to wait until we share with the world our journey. Yeah. We can share it right now. Yes. And I, you know, so many people struggle with perfectionism and I used to be one of them. And I realized it wasn't enough to just tell people, don't be a perfectionist. They had to have something to replace it with. <clears throat> so I've come up with this new term called a progressionist. Mm. And we're wired for, for celebrating our progress. That's why the Fitbit watch works or video games. You're at another level now, gamifying anything. Um, so I tell people we're letting go of perfectionism and celebrate. We're calling ourselves progressionists. And if our elevator story or our story to win new business is just a little bit better than it was before, that's progress. That's a win. It doesn't have to be perfect. And it lets go of all that pressure. Yeah, that, that's one of our team uh, slogans: that celebrate progress every week. Mm. That's what we that's what we like as a team, and and that's what we try our clients really to have every week. Mm -hmm. How small can you make it? How numeric can you make it? Yes. Can you enjoy? I'm super curious. Who inspired you in terms of storytelling? Are there people you you see as heroes and that you study? Uh, well, Tim Sanders, uh, who wrote the foreword to my book, is definitely one of my uh, heroes in terms of uh, I got to hear him speak live in front of people. And uh, his title at Yahoo was Chief Solutions Officer. And uh, so he's uh, um, his whole point is you know, the only reason to give a talk is to change someone's life and mm -hmm. make a difference. So he comes from a very heart centered place. So I've certainly studied his um, focus and um, I was fortunate enough to become friends with Alison Levine, who was the first woman to ever climb Mount Everest. And she has a very inspiring story of, you know, you look at her life, you climbed Mount Everest, you've been on the Today Show, you've got a New York Times bestseller. Of course you're a speaker. And it wasn't an easy climb, no pun intended, for her. And um, she said, you know, I kept people kept saying, oh, we have a guy who lost a limb climbing Mount Everest. Did you lose a limb? And I thought, oh my gosh. There's always somebody who's got just one more thing than you have. And so that was a big lesson for me to realize that um, it's not going to always be linear. And it's always not going to be the speed that you want it to. But if you keep persevering, it will play out. One thing that you say yourself on, on a day where you need motivation. Call Simon. <laughs> um, I, I have my five 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 rule will this matter in five minutes five 
days and five months. I zoom out. And usually whatever it is that's upset me will certainly not matter in five months. And so that's, that's what allows me to let it go. Wow. Five, five, five. Will it matter in five minutes in five, and in five months? And then in five months, you get the distance and you can replenish and see it from, from another angle. I will have forgotten about it. It'll just be something in my rear view mirror. I, you know, I'm not going to let this, you know, bother me forever. For example, um, I'm buying a house right now. And that whole process is very tedious with the loan application and the appraisal schedules and it. And you can let all that stuff drive you crazy and take the joy out of getting a house. And I, I do the five, five, five rule with this. I'm like, listen, when I'm in the house, five days after I'm in the house, this won't even matter. All the aggravation I went through. Wow. And I'm planning a summit for, for end of this year. And you are the first person that I will ask to speak there. Oh, and so right. everybody, if you know people who are searching for a speaker, John Livesey, he's hard to get, but if you can get him, people will love the, the show. He, he will not settle uh, before he changes the life of people. <laughs> and... Um, John, where can people stick around and find you? On uh, my website, which is my name, John Livesey, L-I-V-E-S-A-Y, um, has an ability to download a free ebook on storytelling tips. Um, my Instagram is The Pitch Whisperer. And if you can't remember any of that, just Google The Pitch Whisperer and my content shows up there. Beautiful. And uh, who should be my next guest? Um, I recently had the pleasure of meeting uh, Raj, who's the CEO and founder of a company called Bloom Reach. And they're a digital platform that does over 25% of all the business in the US and the UK because they use artificial intelligence to create magical experiences for the shopper as opposed to just presenting information. So I was very impressed with who he is and what he's created. Wow, that sounds interesting. Thank you so much, John, for being on the show, sharing your journey, your wisdom with us. Please come back soon. Thanks for having me, Simon. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.